My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan spin spinoff show where we talk Transformers every time and all the time. I'm Mike. I'm going to be your host for this episode. And joining me for this episode, who I will crown as Autobot Commander. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, King Derek WC, and I'm, I'm just here to look pretty. So fix my, fix my uh, crown. Yeah. Oh, now you look beautiful, boss. Nice. Me Grimlock, no bozo, me king! So, yeah, I don't know, if you if you were wondering what we're talking about uh, tonight, we are talking about a very specific issue of the uh, U.S. Marvel comic run, uh, issue 41, uh, otherwise known as, uh, the story title is Totaled! Exclamation mark. And uh, I think we, we just, you know, this could have been like an issue that we talked about as part of a, you know, larger, like, you know, spinner rack episode. But I think both me and Derek have a lot of affection for this issue. So we decided to give it its own like little like spotlight or is there an anniversary involved yeah. with this issue? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Technic- technically, I mean, it, it was released in 1988. So technically it is the. 35th anniversary of this issue like technically so it does it does sort of fit into that uh you know workspace as as a anniversary show as well so yeah i think i think we're the only transformers podcast celebrating the 35th anniversary of totaled totaled yeah uh-huh so so yeah like this is a. um, like like I said, I think both me and Derek hold this issue in fairly high regard. Uh, it, it's I, I was like curious to see what I ranked it because like you know I don't know like way way years. What, ten, wasn't this t- your wasn't this your number one? No, no, it wasn't no? number one. But like oh. it was it was in I think I, I looked it up because I was curious what I ranked it. Like when I did my list of my top ten uh, tw- tw- top twenty transformers comics probably like 10 12 years ago and this was actually number 12 like out of 20 so like it wasn't like even in the top 10 but like you know it's still like one of my favorite issues like i mean it was was this on your list any of your lists of like top like favorite issues or no it was it wasn't i mean I, i i thought of it as like i mean this is this is like a penultimate issue it's 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 like climactic you know like where all these Budiansky plot points converge. I mean, it's it's a real climax for you know three major storylines, in my opinion. Where it's like the the Blaster and Goldbug go rogue storyline. It's the climax to that. It's the climax to the King Grimlock has gone cray cray or whatever you know type storyline. And then I, I mean, it does. I don't know if it's the climax to the headmasters, but it it brings, you know, the headmasters, the Autobot headmasters, at least convergent with 
the the current earth based autobots so like that i mean i think i think those three major events transpire so it's definitely climactic and i think most people would point to this as jose delbo drawing like all the transformers you know like to to that point it's i i don't think i put it on as like one of my top tens or whatever but i i think i think maybe if if there was like a marvel top 10 list it would it would get on that but i think my top 10 was you know i was doing storybooks and 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 3d comics and and dreamwave and all that other stuff so so i think there was and then and i think that was before you know uh, well, not before, but I think that was before phase two of IDW, too, when I wrote my list. So, I mean, you know, I, I'd probably do some tweaking of it or at least, you know, have some honorable mentions or additions or whatever. And, you know, that's that's probably, you know, th- this is one that I think is is at least, you know, it, it's one of those fun kind of like everybody fights everybody issues where it's like, you know, th- things like. Perez used to do, you know, like crisis or, you know, any, any infinity gauntlet or, you know, whatever comparison you want to make where there's just tons and tons of characters. And even though the story is well told and it does focus on a number of specific characters, there is a lot of, you know, kind of action and chaos. So if, if, if your goal was to sell a bunch of toys to kids and watch them smash the toys up against each other in a epic transformer battle, like this is, you know, almost the perfect example of that. Yeah, I, I was going to say just for my personal history with this issue, um, like this is something I like grabbed out of a back issue bin when I was like buying up all the like Transformers comics I could find, like probably when I was like 10 or 11, like and uh, the, of course, like when I, the, the cover to this issue was like, like you said, like tons and tons of characters fighting and like, you know, I pulled this one out of the back issue bin and I was like, oh, man, this one must be good. Like, look at what everything that's happening, like on the cover, like, you know, it's a giant like Autobot Decepticon dust up. And there were like, you know, this is one of those like issues where you just like you could look at the cover for like minutes at a time and just like try to pick out everything that's happening on the cover. Like, I mean, th- this so. this would almost be like one. Of, I mean, not I'm not recommending anyone do this, but I mean, I could almost see it as like maybe if you made a photocopy, it would be OK. But like I could see somebody going like, you know, like either crossing out characters or being like, I got this one and I got this one, but I don't have this one and I want this one. And you'd circle the ones you want and, and X out the ones you have, you know, like Justin would put a big a big green circle on fortress maximus you know what i mean (laughs) yeah absolutely and and, and then he'd he'd cross out grimlock and be like i don't care that he's blue i i got that guy you know i'd be like dude i i got i got gold bug i got blaster i got uh double cross i got rampage i got Soundwave. you know like i just go down the list i got rat bat and brawl and and the constructicons and kickback and laser beak and thrust and you know, and now I, I don't have any of those guys unless I guess what you count my fans toys. So if I'm just counting fans toys and masterpiece stuff, I've got uh, Jetfire and Swoop and Grimlock and Slug and Blaster. And I think that's it. Were you that's did it. you get this off? Did you get this off the shelf or? I got it off the shelf. This this I don't think qualifies as a spinner rack book. Like it's it's interesting because there there's things I can tell that were 
that were spinner rack books. And, and sometimes they were spinner rack books because either I didn't see them at the store or, or you know, I, I got to the the spinner rack more often than I got to the comic shop. But there's there's certain issues, I think, starting with the 30s where I, I'm, I could point to it and just be like, oh, yeah, I got that at Comic Zone or I got it at, you know, comic shop or, you know, like the different Bay Area comic stores that I would go to. And most times I went to Comic Zone in Fremont and this I probably got at Comic Zone in Fremont. And, it, you know, it's like you, you would go there and then, you know, I'd, I'd get, you know, whatever new comics it was. And and, and sometimes, you know, uh, I would get some back issues, and things like that. But I mean, most of the Transformers stuff, at least at the time, was current right it wasn't like i was hunting for back issues well why don't i I'll, I'll read the wiki summary for this issue and like all the background information and then we'll we'll discuss it like in more in in detail this was published uh it's got a cover date of june 1988 of course it's written by bob budiansky uh penciled by jose delbo uh, inks by danny bulanati uh colorist nelly amtoff uh, letterer bill oakley and the editor is don daly and uh, this is the summary. Uh, the, the wiki has a pretty you know, concise and accurate summary, so I'll just read that. Optimus Prime explodes! Having acquired Prime's mind on a floppy disk, the Autobots on the Steelhaven have initiated Project Prime, an attempt to build a new body for the Autobot leader. The team isn't having much luck, as the ship's resources have been depleted by reconstructing Fortress Maximus and Goldbug and creating the Autobot Pretenders. Hot Rod, however, has tracked down the Ark. Fortress Maximus decides to approach Grimlock, leader of the Autobots on Earth, for help. Grimlock doesn't want to help, and instead demands Fortress Maximus hand over the fugitive Goldbug. Maximus refuses, but to avoid a conflict, Goldbug surrenders. Grimlock is still not satisfied. He challenges Fortress Maximus to a one-on-one -on -one battle for leadership of the Autobots under the archaic Code of Combat. In the brig, Goldbug finds Blaster strapped to an energy-sucking variable voltage harness. Blaster has become apathetic from his time wasting away, but Goldbug talks him into fighting in the injured Fortress Maximus's place. Elsewhere, Soundwave has been tracking the Steelhaven, which has led him to the Ark as well. Ratbat is pleased at the chance to destroy all of Earth's Autobots at once. The two ships land on the moon. The crews from both the Ark and the Steelhaven assemble to watch Grimlock and Blaster fight it out. The battle soon draws Blaster and Grimlock away from the rest of the Autobots. In their absence, Ratbat's Decepticons unleash their attack. Onslaught leads the Decepticon assault on the Autobots, while Bonecrusher leads the Constructicons in an attack on the unmanned Ark to retrieve Decepticon prisoners. Without strong leadership, the Autobots are losing the battle, so, rather than taking command, Fortress Maximus orders Goldbug to take the skeleton crew on the Steelhaven and leave the scene. Grimlock and Blaster are still fighting when Blaster notices the battle going on far in the distance. Setting their differences aside, the, the two Autobots rejoin the battle. Working together, Grimlock and Blaster manage to turn back the Decepticons and damage their ship enough to force a full Decepticon retreat. Grimlock finally accepts the possibility of working with others, noting that he and Blaster are an effective team. 
With the Ark and many Autobots damaged, repair work is urgent, but Fortress Maximus notes that the Steelhaven will be unable to help, seeing the need for a true great leader. He has sent the ship to Nebulos, the one place with the technology to properly rebuild Optimus Prime. So yeah, that's that's what happens in this issue, and yeah, it's a... Like you said, it's the culmination of a lot of Budiansky's plot points up to this point, and it's a, you know, it's a big epic battle on the moon, and you know, not only that, like I mean, it starts off, you know, there's a sort of leadership struggle among the Autobots, and you know, for, between Fortress Maximus and Grimlock, and then you know, Budiansky of course has to bring back his pet favorite character, Blaster, to like settle the score with Grimlock, so they have their one-on-one duel. And uh, yeah, like there's a lot going on in this issue. I think I think this is like, you know, Budiansky firing. Like, I mean, it's pretty late in his run, but it's still uh, he's firing on all cylinders here. Like, I think, you know, his not only is his like drama and his action like really good, but like this, this I love like and it's weird because Grimlock kind of eventually like devolved into like you know the you know goofy cartoon-esque grimlock towards this part of budiansky's run but like you know i love his you know his sort of antics in this issue like all all the the mangled names he call calls fortress maximus like (laughs) multiplex yeah (laughs) full strength multipus yeah Uh uh-huh You know, it's funny, like I can laugh at this now and I can sort of appreciate it in hindsight. But I I do have to tell you, like King Grimlock, uh, as a kid, I almost hated almost equally as Megatron getting his ass whooped by Shockwave. Like I, I fucking hated it so much. Like I was like, what the fuck? Like and it's like a twofold thing with me because, and I think we've talked about Transformers 27 before, and I probably said something about it back then, but you know, Transformers 27, he starts out that way, but then he learns his lesson at the end. And then they basically elect him leader. And after that, you think everything's going to get good. And it's almost like he, he rubber bands back immediately in 28 so that the storyline for Budiansky is more interesting and then becomes this, awful fucking leader all the way up to this issue right where he he's sitting there in dinosaur mode like a lazy fuck just sitting there getting oil fed to him like you know the dinobots are peeling his grapes or some shit you know and and like it it it's one of those things like especially as a little kid i mean i was used to you know either grimlock that was sort of more serious in season one or you know i i'm more used to the kind of you know Fruit Loop multiplex, you know, goofy kind of Grimlock. And like, it's interesting because part of the transition is that goofiness that makes him a little. It's like they had to work overtime to make him more likable, even though this comic does not have corporate synergy. It is a move in that direction to make Grimlock more like the Grimlock in season three and and make you maybe kind of forgive him for all the stupidity over the last couple of years. Um, but having said all that, like I'm laughing at all the, like, like we, we were joking about it before, but my avatar is, is him doing his like P Diddy crown thing where his crowns all like crooked on his head or whatever. And he looks like a goofball. And then he's yelling at snarl to like correct his crown. And like, you have the avatar where snarls like, 
straightening his crown and going, looks good, boss. You know, and it's just like he he sounds like a fucking mobster. Like like they, they, they sound like crooks. And you're like, these are the Autobots. So it's like it's one of those things, you know, he's making Blaster walk the plank and all this all this kind of like not so good stuff. Right. And I think part of my enjoyment in this was like, thank God, like somebody who knows what they're doing is here. Like Fruit Loop Multiplex is here to like fix this shit. You know what I mean? And like, great, they got Blaster out. Now Blaster's going to fix this shit. And then at the very end of it, they're like, guess what? We sent Goldbug off to Nebulos. And you know who's really going to fix this shit? Optimus fucking Prime. And you're like sitting there going... Thank fucking God, like enough of, you know, like, like for me, I like that was one of those things where I was like, I think I like this so much because I was so happy that this this event, this culmination of of three separate distinct like A and B and C plots, like all converged and they all became A plots and it became a free for all and everything. And by the end of it, you were like. Great. Now, now Optimus is coming back. Like, I, I think I think the Autobots will get their shit together for once. You know what I mean? Where it's like and, and all, you know, all the parties will be kind of in alignment and everything. And there was it's it's not only is it like climactic, but there's also like for me there, you know, as a little kid, there was some extreme sense of relief where you're like, Ah, okay. Like, like they, you know, Budiansky played it where I think he was making you tense the whole time. Like he was ramping up the tension, ramping up the tension, ramping it up. And then this is where, this is where you finally, you know, basically to be crude, you finally got the climax and you were like, ah, this is great. All right. And now, now we can do something new and we can get, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a funny name for him, but, um, you know, you, you can get uh, fruit roll up, uh, you know, power master prime or something. You know what I mean? Like, like whatever you can get, you can get power master prime. You can get, you know, you can get peanut butter prime, like what, whatever his funny name is. And, 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 and you can just kind of go on, you know, enjoying your transformers or whatever. That final line Fortress Maximus has is always stuck with me. Like, I thought it was really, like, dramatic. It had a lot of gravity to it, even if, like, maybe Jose Del Bozart doesn't, like, you know, really lend any importance to it. But, you know, he says, like, uh, amid the smoke of the battlefield, it suddenly became clear to me that whatever future the Autobots have lies encoded on a single magnetic disc labeled Optimus Prime. Like, and that's like that. That's Thank like, God you know, they can, they can hold all of Optimus Prime's uh, <laughs> yeah. brains in a fucking floppy uh, disc. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like, I, I thought that was really, you know, appropriately dramatic. Like, uh, you know, we need, it's, it's almost as good as, you know, like the return of Optimus Prime where, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. no force in the universe will, will stop yeah. me or yeah. whatever, you yeah. know, it's, it's, even even with the goofiness of the you know the floppy disk with the prime's brain on it or whatever but uh and i'm not like and you know as a younger kid you know and even now i mean some this this issue like you know was also like you know pushing my fan buttons too 
like you know, I love like onslaught, and he's like leading the assault mm. on the moon. Did, did you? And, is it me? Like, did you get vibes of Five Faces of Darkness from that splash too? Because I, yeah, I, I feel like descending from space. Yeah, yeah, from space, uh, like when they jumped out of the Quinnison ship and everything. Like, I, I just felt like that was eerily coincidentally similar. Yeah. And then, like, you know, who's who's the only Autobot who can get his shit together when they attack? It's Prowl, of course. So, like, he's, like, the only one who, like, turns around and says, like, shoot back, everyone. Come on. Like, get your shit together. Like, I mean, and, and again, you're re- like, at this point, it's like, well, about time, like, you guys, like, in retrospect, like, Grimlock's reign as leader kind of looks ridiculous when you consider, like, you know, Omega Supreme's there, like, you know, Jetfire's there, like, none of these guys, like, put a stop to Grimlock, like, you know, like, like, uh, and, you know, you, we, we discussed, like, issue 70 before, and it's like, you know, none of the, these guys, like, invoked the Crisis Act on Grimlock or something, like, you know, like, is said, like, hey, you know, this is Autobot law, you, you want to, like, you know, he wants to do the trial by combat, you, well, this is Autobot law too, like the Crisis Act. We can like remove you from command if we want, like you know. Mm. So, but but I mean, you know, it, obviously that's only in retrospect. But like you know, it's some sometimes I was like, man, like couldn't Omega Supreme just kind of like bop Grimlock on the head or something, and that would be the end of it? But like, I mean, I guess I guess that was the question, like in the initial, like like some some people I think question. I don't they have a line of dialogue about it and. You know, it's the same thing with like Target 2005, right? Like people are like, wait, when Trypticon attacks that first time, it's like what uh, Omega Supreme was getting repaired. He was getting filled up with Energon. He was napping on the job. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, like what, whatever. I, I, I don't know, um, you know, what what he was necessarily up to. But like, there, you know, the, the people came up with like some excuse. Right. And then, of course, you know, there was the the far fetched, you know, I guess whatever was going to happen with IDW, that it was going to explain where he was during Target 2006. And of course, people like to sit there and go, well, where was Omega Supreme during the movie and and all that other kind of stuff. Right. Like and it's it's funny, too, because. This this at least addresses that he's there. Do you know what I mean? Like he's kind of the arbiter. It's almost like he's the referee, you know, in Blaster and, and Grimlock's like death cage match on the moon or whatever. You know what I mean? Like where he's like, all right, guys, I want a clean fight. No, no biting below the belt. Uh, no, no Sonics to the nose or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and, and he's like, all right, and now you guys are off to the races. But I mean, I, I do kind of feel like, wondering why omega supreme like i don't i mean am i wrong like i don't see omega supreme as taking initiative you know what i mean like i don't see omega supreme being a leader i mean maybe if like jetfire or prowl or somebody kind of pointed him in the right direction or cajoled him so that you know it's like if if prowl said oh i'm i'm gonna take over or or jetfire said oh i'm i'm gonna you know uh invoke the crisis act it's like well grimlock of course is not going to go along with that and if push came to shove like maybe you know omega supreme could be turned to their side and and uh, a deterrent you know from them going into full-on mutiny or civil war or whatever you want to refer to it as right but i don't i don't know i i just don't see omega supreme being the one to initiate that if that makes sense 
Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. Maybe like in ret, like I said again, in retrospect, I would have liked to, you know, if, if Budiansky wasn't so enamored with doing his other like you know human centric plots, it's like you could have had a like you know a subplot, a prowl, like gathering allies to like remove Grimlock from power or something, and you know like, but you know, I guess you know again only in retrospect, and it wouldn't like you know. Uh, this is the story Budiansky wanted to tell. So like, that's, you know, and that's how we have it. But, uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking about what could have been. And uh, like, this is like, speaking of what is like, I mean, yeah, this is still a great issue. Like, I mean, Blaster and Grimlock's fight is really good. Um, the wiki makes mention of it and I never noticed it before, but like Budiansky always made an effort to make sure that no sound traveled in space and whenever he had stories set in like space and stuff. And like, that's like, I think Soundwave even says like, Oh, you know, your cries and screams would be music to my ears. If only I could hear them in this vacuum, like Autobots, you know? Mm. And then it's, it's the, the wiki pointed out like, and again, I didn't notice this. The reason blaster and Grimlock don't notice the Decepticon attack is because they can't hear it. Cause they were mm. like, yeah, they were like thrown away from the crater they were fighting in and they only, you know, blaster only sees it when he sees explosions. So like, you know, so that's like, you know, that's a bit of clever, like, uh, you know, technical stuff that Budiansky was doing in the background. And, you know, there, there are no sound effects drawn during that battle either. So, yeah, like that's a, you know, that's a nice attention to detail that I hadn't noticed. But, you know, I was going to say that whole battle scene, it's like, you know, it's serious. Like, you know, the Autobots are in deep trouble when Braun gets taken out, like immediately, like Swindle gets a cheap shot on, on, in on Braun. Yeah, see, th this is this is something I wanted to discuss because I don't I don't know if this was brought up or not. But you know how like uh, TF Wiki or, or the basics or whatever is always, always, always referring to the under base and going like, oh, Starscream killed all these guys. Like, does he ever point to this and be like, oh, I guess I guess Braun's dead or I guess so and so's, you know, uh, I, I forget who else gets like majorly effed over in this but like i i feel like like inferno or somebody gets slaughtered by Soundwave, or you could you could basically paint it as such i mean it, it, i think ratbat even has a line where he says oh our first barrage has immobilized like 25 percent of the autobots so i mean you know the the way um <laughs> the way they make out the underbase to be like oh like 50 billion autobots died screaming or whatever like i mean to me i'm like well Ratbat supposedly took out 25% of the Autobots of of three different Autobot groups, right? Like, so, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe I'm just being an asshole, but, like, I, I was just curious, like, do they ever refer to that? I can't remember, but do they ever refer to that frequently as, like, oh, this is where, you know, Braun bought it, or this is where so-and-so bought it, or whatever, but it's like, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's open to interpretation, and my interpretation usually was, you know, based on the cartoon, it's like, yeah, plenty of people got blown apart, but then, you know, the next episode, they were put back together, and they were fine, so, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's all, like, author intent, basically, like, you know, maybe if, if Budiansky was going to use them again, then he would bring them back, but if not, like, you know, all these all these guys got, you know, blown up or, yeah, just taken out, like, so, 
I, I, I don't know. Like Budiansky was early on when the cast was relatively small. He was pretty good about remembering who was had been taken out of action and who was like still up and around. But, you know, in later issues, when he focused on like more characters and the cast really ballooned, it was just like, you know, whoever showed up would be whoever showed up like any, um, it didn't it didn't help that like Jose Delbo would like draw like the wrong characters in certain scenes too. like. Yeah. So what do you I mean, I, I think I think sometimes the other the other common criticism and like I, I don't know, like if it's if it's something that you can look at and just decide, OK, this is this is charming or, you know, maybe it's actually helpful to have the focus done with the colors, but like there, there are those things where you think about it and you go to yourself, okay, Neil Yomtov is, is in this, you know, doing the, the usual coloring. Right. And some of it's like the four color limitations and it's charming and whatnot. Right. But then there's also that I'll almost call it like, I forget who colors, um, Savage Dragon or, or, or like, Eric Larson's work in some of the Spider-Man comics, but it's like sometimes uh, th- there there were those aspects to it where it's like the Savage Dragon is completely colored, but like everything else in the back, these hordes of, I don't know, jailbreak guys or whatever, they're all colored pink or whatever, you know, like they're all kind of this sea of indiscriminate, you know, and, and, and so- sometimes you're like, oh, does that does that muddy up the art? Like, do, do, do those people not stand out? And there are those moments where, you know, w- what I'm thinking of specifically is like, you know, when when Fortress Maximus disembarks and he's surrounded by all of his troops and it's like uh, and, and then when when I think all the Autobots on the Ark disembark and it's like, you know, basically, the, I think the Dinobots, Gears, Cosmos and Ratchet, like, I guess. Yomtov decided, okay, I'm only getting paid enough to color these guys. And then this other sea of, of Autobots, you know, you know, some which you can make out and some of them maybe get swallowed up by this generic light blue color. But like, do you, you know, and in Fortress Maximus's case, he's the only one really um, isolated, you know, brought to the forefront. And like, sometimes I think that works in terms of the story because you're like, oh, he's the leader. You know, and 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 I, it sort of makes sense to me why the Dinobots are highlighted, and and maybe even Ratchet because I think Ratchet does have some key lines, and 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 Ratchet's always been, I don't know, like like a Budiansky favorite, a pet character. You know, like where some of the through line of Ratchet is being extended into this storyline in a weird way where he's you know he he gets punched by grimlock you know which is unfortunate and then and then he's rooting for blaster to kick his tail and all that stuff so it's like i could understand why certain people are highlighted with the colors and then others aren't but then there's also that aspect to me where when when people are getting laid waste you know like when when rat bat and the the satellite or the, the the space shuttle island of doom comes down and starts you know ravaging the the battlefield right then at that point that's where i start to get confused and go who did soundwave blow up i i i think it's inferno i don't know for sure like who who did these guys like nail and take out exactly yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of hard when everyone's like blocked. See colored. that that that's the thing. Like, who who do you think Soundwave? Like, y- it's that panel where 
like I think uh, it, it's it's the one right before your favorite where I think like you know everybody likes to pimp. Is that is that like Buzzsaw taking out um, Jetfire? No, I, th- I think that's Laserbeak. Oh, okay, Laserbeak and Vortex are taking out Buzz- Jetfire. Buzzsaw was being rescued by the Constructicons because he okay. still okay. at this point he had been taken out by Omega Supreme and they were you know oh still right active. right he was yeah. he was still he was still like in stasis or whatever yeah. whatever we're calling I, it these days and i kind of think that's smokescreen but it, oh okay. okay it doesn't like it's weird because smokescreen's on the previous page i think like being shot by onslaught or being attacked by onslaught yeah or or yeah he's like in that big panel with the yeah the, the you know the big first uh big attack page but yeah, it kind of looks like smoke like a smokescreen like blue streak body type so Again, like I mean, I, that's probably the last time Smokescreen shows up in the in this comic. So I mean, like you could say he was offline here, like, mm. if, but like if that's what you wanted your interpretation to be, yeah, right? yeah, uh-huh. okay. I mean, like if Budiansky was still like really keeping fastidious like track of things, he could have like you know used this opportunity to permanently like take people out or whatever, but. Uh, I guess, you know, what, like I said, it's just, well, it, it must be hard when you write something in the script. And then, like you're saying, sometimes maybe, you know, Jose Delbo draws whatever he draws. Right. And then you're kind of stuck with that. Like, like if it was some important plot point that Smokescreen got taken out, but then instead he drew, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to say who I thought it was. But like when I first looked at it, I was like, is that Inferno? Like, who is that? And, and um, it, so whoever it was, right, like. Then, then, or or if if Blitzwing getting, you know, sliced in half is uh, is is some major plot point because Grimlock like cuts him in two. Well, then, and then then you know a few issues from now, Blitzwing is walking around and he's just fine. You know, then then you're like, well, whoa, wait a minute, like clearly, either he got repaired or you know that you know that that it was just flat out ignored or whatever and and there is there is that weird aspect where they they wanted you to maybe have grimlock be likable again so soon there there is an interesting like it's almost like it's almost like blaster and grimlock are ready to to like lop each other's heads off they go off to fight and as you sort of pointed out you know that that the vacuum of space prevents them from hearing the assault. Right. But then blaster sees the explosions in the distance. And the minute they stop fighting and decide to head back together, they have that truce. It's almost like King Grimlock turns into season three Grimlock on that walk back. Like, I I don't know. Is, is that, I don't know that like, that's almost my, my interpretation of it where now all of a sudden, you know, they, they start sort of, humoring one another and and yeah and, and and it's like oh me rather smash you know decepticons anyway you know and 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 then all of a sudden it's like it's almost like the end of 27 where all the autobots are cheering for grimlock for saving them but this time all the autobots are i don't know if they're necessarily cheering but they're like sort of well, congratulating blaster and grimlock for you know, quote unquote, overcoming their differences, you know, like, so well, blast. I mean, you know, when blaster says like, that's a very like, uh, intelligent observation, Grimlock and Grimlock's like me. Thank you blaster. Like that's like kind of, you know, condescending to him kind of like a little, right. 
Right. And it like it kind of it seems to fly over Grimlock's head, though. So. Well, but that, that's the thing. Like I, I, you take it as condescending because you know that this version of Grimlock is not, not only arrogant, but but, you know, there is some stupidity there, even though, you know, he's a good warrior or whatever, or at least at least at this point, they're they're definitely tweaking him in the direction of season three Grimlock so that, you know, maybe he wasn't stupid before this, but from now on the characterization is going to be slightly stupid. Right. And I, I almost think Grimlock's at that point, if, if he's season three Grimlock in the comics, he's almost too stupid to get someone throwing shade, but you know, not being literal. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and I don't think blasters like sitting there going, Oh yeah, that's super intelligent. Grimlock. Like, I don't think that I, that wouldn't be the line reading I would give because I think at that point, blaster is genuinely trying to work with him. I don't think he believes what he's saying, but I think it's more like blasters like, yeah, that that's, that's really intelligent, buddy. Like let's, Let's go over there and kick some Decepticon ass, intelligent buddy. Okay? And it's like, me, thank you. That sound good. Let's go kick ass. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, it's like he's humoring Grimlock, but in more of a, you know, a cup or a hot rod, you know, movie fashion, like a, as a, I don't know, a friend, an equal, a contemporary, you know, like not, not as somebody who's like, you know, like tracks like where it'd be like oh grimlock you're so intelligent you know like like it's not i don't know i i I don't take it as swarmy i take it as blaster's trying his best to play nice blaster does like you know he he, i guess he he has his revelation too that like go like we're autobots like we need to you know we should get up, go beyond our petty squabbles and like, you know, fight the Decepticons and stuff. But like he he I mean, I feel like he undergoes like a little a bit of a character change too. like, you know, when he comes to that realization, because, you know, when Goldbug found him in the brig, he was kind of like, yo, the Autobots can go hang for all I care. Like, well, you know, you know there's there's that there's that aspect, too, where uh, he he's a little miffed, you know, like he's a little pissed that like he, he sacrificed a lot for those four small humans. Right. And, and it's like, there's that one line where he's like, yeah, who the fuck knows what happened to those guys? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like, you know, in in some ways it's almost like, you know, like when you, when you have a a girl you're dating or something and then, and then it doesn't work out and and you're just kind of like, yeah, uh, whatever became of her, like she she went and fucked off and 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 moved to you know Nebraska or so. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what it sounds. And I and I and she never bothered to write me or call me or anything like that. And it's almost like that's what Blasters. He's like Blasters. Like oh, I'm locked up here. Nobody writes. Nobody calls. It's really nice of you, Goldbug, to like actually pay me a fucking personal visit. But I haven't heard shit from those four humans. And then you got to think about it. It's like there is that aspect where you're like. Dude, Blaster, you're just being, you know, bitter, right? Like, what what the fuck were those little humans going to do, right? Like, I mean, if anything, maybe you should be pissed off at Skylinks, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and I, I guess I guess to answer the Omega Supreme question, I mean, doesn't Skylinks answer that question, too? Like, didn't they try to bring in some muscle to take out Grimlock and that just didn't pan out for them, you know? So I, I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you'd at least think that maybe like Wheeljack and Ratchet could like sabotage the Dinobots somehow mm. or something like poison feed, them or feed them like, fools yeah. energon. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Slowly but, put, slowly put glass in their energon stakes. Like yeah. uh, the prison drama Oz. I don't know. But yeah. I guess everyone's being a bunch of beachcombers, so they couldn't mm-hmm. yeah, do anything. They couldn't, they couldn't do that. Okay. Yeah. But, uh. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, we can, you know, argue like semantics and like nitpick or whatever. But again, like, you know, I still really love this issue. Like, I think, you know, it's it was one of my favorite ones to read, like as a kid. And I still get a kick out of it. Like I, I like I said, I think Budiansky's writing was like really, really sharp here in terms of like, you know, witty dialogue and stuff like that. Like, um, I, I like the bit where um when they you know when hot rod tracks down the ark and like you know fortress maximus is like oh Goldbug, like you'll get to see all your old friends again isn't that great and Goldbug's like yeah great like yeah yeah he definitely has that kind of like you you can like i get it's part of the plot but like don't you think it would have been worthwhile for him? Like, even, even if he's embarrassed about the whole thing, if, if he considers fortress maximus his new Autobot commander. Like if I was Goldbug and 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 that was my new commander and I, you know, basically was like, thank God you're the boss and not Grimlock, right? Like I think if it was me, I totally would have been like and, and even if I didn't want the whole fucking crew to know about it, because maybe that would freak them out or or maybe I'm embarrassed, I might have been like, hey, Fruit Loop Multiplex, come here. Hey, so I don't think this is going to go down the way you think it's going to go down because I was on the lamb and, <laughs> and, and I think my buddy blasters locked up and like this, this isn't going to be as warm a welcome as you're expecting. Cause we're all, ha- you know, we're all one big fleet. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't think it's going to go down that way, you know, type thing. Like, but, but he never, it, it, it's almost like he, he doesn't do it. So then, then Fortress Maximus has to find out on his own and is semi blindsided by the challenge. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, Goldbug tries to give himself up to prevent a fight, but it's too late because, you know, basically Grimlock's hell bent. You know, at this point, he's not season three stupid Grimlock. He's still in King Grimlock mode. You, you know, to be funny is like, I almost feel like, like, you know, to like, not that this makes any sense for Transformers, but it, like, it sort of reminds me of like in, in uh, Justice League International when Guy Gardner would have his mood swings and like bonk his head and shit. And like, you know, it, it's like he, he'd be a jerk and then he'd bonk his head and he'd be super sweet and then he'd bonk his head and, you know, he'd be kind of like a uh, uh, ditz or, you know, like he'd go through like different stages and it almost makes me feel like, you know, blaster bonked Grimlock upside his head hard enough that like at that point like he he legit like changed his personality or something <laughs> yeah I, I could buy that yeah it's funny that uh another thing that's kind of funny and, and it's kind of like the same the same thing happened in the underbase saga it's like Budiansky can't kill off any of the currently on shelves product so it's mm. like none of Fortress Maximus's Autobots are even really seen to be taking part in that battle, like aside yeah. from him and yeah. Goldbug. So, and it's like you know, I, I feel like they should have left like everyone on the Steel Haven or something if they were just going to do that. But 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, like how he lost, a, uh, lost, how he left a few men behind on the Steel Haven. But what you're saying is, oh, just just send all of Fortress Maximus's crew to Nebulos, and 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 yeah. then that's the explanation of why they don't get bombarded by you know Ratbat's fuel efficient, you know, assault or what it's like. I I think that would deter from Ratbat's giddy, you know, whole yeah. thing where he's like he's like, ooh, goody, we get to you know. We get to slay Autobots, and they're all in the same place, all at the same time. Like, how wonderfully fuel efficient, you know? And that's another yeah. thing, too. Like, I can look back on that now and, like, totally appreciate it, like, and and chuckle about it and everything. Like, but I think at the time, again, you know, Rat Bat being in charge, you know, it, it just made me pull my hair out as a little kid because I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And now I kind of look at it and I'm like, oh, this is this is so rad. Like, like it's, it's funny. And it's like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a sense of irony to it and everything. And, and, and it's like, I don't know. There's something about it where you're like, Oh damn, like he wrote the file cards. And, and and a lot of these guys, he's, he's following the file cards, you know, straight to their logical conclusion, like, like really, you know, painting them as having a very specific personality and everything. So like, that that kind of stuff, I think, in hindsight, like I I enjoy a lot more than I, you know, I I can you know definitely separate it now. When it, whereas a kid, it was hard for me to reconcile the 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 two different versions of the the stories. Yeah, well, like you know, people, you know, we, that's your gut reaction. Like Ratbat is the leader. Like, but like you know, when you look at the actual like facts and his like his like his uh, like record i mean he came pretty close to like annihilating the autobots in this yeah, issue yeah. so like you know that's a, that's a pretty maybe more successful than megatron like at this point so uh but no i i mean i love like it was weird for me as a kid but i think i quickly like grew to a, like appreciate rat bat as like the commander or whatever and like you know just a sort of he 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 is a type of commander that like is like in stark contrast to guys like Megatron or Scorponok or like Shockwave. Like he's he's like an off like an offset of Shockwave almost where he's more concerned with like facts and figures and that like, you know, a bureaucratic style of leadership than like any of the others. So like it's interesting, like you can see what Budiansky was going for. Like he wanted, you know, he said he wanted to play with expectations and like, you know, he certainly did. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely did. And, and I think, you know, you know, maybe with the, the, the hindsight of an adult, I, I think I, I appreciate it a lot more. And, you know, this, this definitely moved in a, a new direction for the, the series. And, and as one I'm, I'm, I'm rather fond of. So I think this is, this is one of those things where you, you get a kick out of seeing this, you know, giant big final battle type thing. And, and also it, it does, it, it definitely, for me, it feels like a turning point in the, the, the Marvel comic as well. Like it's not quite the same turning point that, you know, that Simon Furman coming on the book would be, but it's, it, it, it is a turning point in terms of like, I feel like this is almost like the last great hurrah of it's hard for me to quantify because I don't consider this the end of G1 by any means, even though like some people that say G1, you know, all they mean is like the first season of like 
Transformers or, or some people say G1 and all they mean is like the first 10 issues of the Marvel comic or you know what I mean? Like, or, 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 you know, for G1, they mean until the movie Autobots show up or so, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're to some people, they get very Alex Rossian about it, you know, and say, Oh, the, the minute this happens, you know, I, 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 I wasn't a, rabid follower of transformers anymore you know what i mean it's like the you know alex ross going oh the minute firestorm was on the team the minute iris's neck got snapped like you know that that all that stuff doesn't exist for me or whatever and there's certainly like the the contingent of fans it's like rodimus prime like that's not transformers and they just they turn off to all that kind of stuff right and i think for me like i guess the way i was going to frame this is this is the last big hurrah in the Marvel comics of characters that you would be able to draw comparisons to in a cartoon. Do you know what I mean? Goldbug and Blaster and Fortress Maximus and 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 Grimlock and you know Ratchet and Cosmos and whoever, right? You could you could look at this and then look at the cartoon and go, oh, yeah, Ratbat doesn't talk in the cartoon, but Ratbat talks in this, you know, like and, and, and see, you know, oh, the Predacons are here. Or, oh, the you know, whoever. And they're in the cartoons, too. But I think moving forward, right, you know, the, the, the more the more headmasters and or I guess I should say the more Nebulan type characters you get, you know, you, we get the power masters and the pretenders and and then the, the micromasters and the action masters you know just going all the way down the line right there there i mean you know at the time for us i mean maybe you can say you know oh well what about you know what about the anime you know what about you know headmasters master force victory like what about those like but that wasn't anything on for us when we were growing up reading these or even if even if you came to these you know, a number of years later and read them as back issues like there still was that long gap of like, you know, it wasn't until we were what in the 2000s when we started discovering about, you know, fan subs and 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 laser disc copies of of these Japanese animes on VHS and 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 goofy Malaysian dubs and all that, you know, so so there, there was nothing you know, there was nothing after that point to compare it to really. So that, that then became your sole form of transformers entertainment. Cause there were no, there, you know, there were no cartoon. I mean, I guess you could say like power master Optimus prime talking to Tommy, maybe. Right. But I, I, I think, I think that's when the, the, the script flipped and the tables turned for me. Cause I looked at Tommy talking to power master Optimus prime and I went, what a load of bullshit. I'm reading the comics now. You know what I mean? Whereas I think before, when I was a kid, I'd look at it and go, what? Shockwave beats a Megatron? What? Ratbat talks? Like, what? Like, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd reject a lot of those things and go, I'm, I'm more about the, the cartoon. But I think, I think this is a pivotal moment where, where that, this is the last hurrah of having the opportunity to do that and go, what? King Grimlock? What? Like, and now the script is about to flip and, and I'll get Power Master Optimus Prime, who, Ironically, even though, you know, I'll point out like many of the flaws in Optimus Prime as a leader and, 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 you know, you know why I prefer Rodimus Prime, but like, I think I have a great deal of nostalgia for 
power master Optimus Prime, despite all his kind of hand ringy, you know, Mr. Capisms that continue all the way till the end of the book. But I still that design and that look like for some reason, I just, you know, I, I always got a kick out of power master Optimus Prime. And I think this is something that, you know, is definitely heralding like a new era in Transformers. Well, Mr. Kennedy, are you getting the story you wanted? No way. You said you were going to tell me how you were brought back to life. I did. And instead, you tell me a story where you weren't really brought back to life at all. And even if you were, you'd be dead again by now. Ah, uh, there's more than meets the eye here, Tommy. What is that supposed to mean? It means the story's not over yet. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said all I needed to say. Like, this is, like I said, this is one of my favorite issues of all time. And I'm glad we, you know, we certainly had enough to talk about it. So. Oh, yeah. 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 But All right. Do you have I'll, anything I'll, else, or no? No, I think I think we're good. I think I've I've said my piece on Transformers Forty One. I think I think it's a fun issue. I think if you've, I don't know. I mean, if you've never read Transformers before, this would be hard to come into. It's like coming in to watch Avengers Endgame and not having seen any of the Marvel movies. Do you know what I mean? Like this is this was all leading up, all building up to this issue. Really, you know what I mean? Like that's that's the kind of finality or comic story it was it was it was you know a bunch of like i said different subplots and 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 plots over the last you know i'd say like two or three years that all led up to this big event right so if if you're coming to it for the first time like i i, I would be hard pressed to recommend it if you've never read anything else but if if you're taking a journey and you're deciding oh i'm going to either read the marvel comics for the first time or i'm going to revisit them and reread them like you know it's it's something where you know if you if you read all along or you're following along you know with with the issue to issue stuff from the marvel series like this is basically a, a a giant free-for-all climactic battle and it's 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 fun if you're a transformers fan yeah so why don't you do our usual uh, outro yeah so if you guys have any comments questions and or concerns you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com we are on our fanholespodcast.blogspot.com where you can direct download all the episodes of Transformers Tuesdays. We are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we appreciate all the hearts, likes, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. This is Fork Tongue Maxi Face, signing off. Matt Maxi Face. <laughs> Full strength multipus. <laughs> it's like you could, you could almost get in trouble with some of those names. <laughs>
Oh like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that like, that's one of the that's one yeah. of the presentable options that you have for like for you know we, usually you know Takara you know prioritizes like Sunbow accessories and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, like, and that yeah. was that that's sort of a rarity, right? Yeah, you you know what I was thinking about lately, like like I, I don't know that I'll end up buying any Transformers when I go down to TFCon, but like I have a few things in the back of my head, and since I bought that. Uh, Legends uh, New Age Galvatron that, you know, kind of has the, I guess you'd call it like the toy colors, but I kind of think of it as the the comic book colors too. And and I was thinking like, oh, well, if I'm not going to buy like a Ultra Magnus for him to, you know, I don't know, ride or ravage or, you know, whatever you want to refer to it as, because I, I, I feel like I scratched that itch when I went to a, you know, one of those little meetups and somebody had a Ultra Magnus and I posed Galvatron on his Ultra Magnus and took some photos. So I was like, okay, I scratched that itch. I feel pretty good about that. But one thing I was thinking of is they have those repaints of the Megatron where it's got that like midnight blue kind of blacks on his, you know, basically it's like a comic book version Marvel of Marvel Megatron. Yeah. Like Mar, it's like Marvel Megatron. And I was like, well, I, I, I don't know that it's easy to find online anymore. Like, it's not like it was something brand new, you know, it's like it got released and it's been released type thing. But I'm like, if I, if I somehow stumble upon that, you know, and it's not, you know, uh, crazy, you know, it's not like $200 or something. Do you know what I mean? If it's just like 90 or a hundred or something like that, like I'd be like, you know what? I bet you that would look really cool next to that Galvatron, and and you could sort of, you know, in your head have that little, you know, time wars, Galvatron, like yeah, Megatron back something. to back, yeah. where where they're you know fucking up everybody or whatever. And I was yeah. like, I I could I would get a kick out of that. So yeah, I can I can appreciate like now now that uh, we're in that phase where there's some things we're certainly nostalgic about the the comics for you know like that's it, it's yeah. cool when some of those things are somehow represented i mean i know i know sometimes people don't like that stuff you know what i mean but it's like i guess there's there's markets for everybody right hey i'm still sad that masterpiece skids didn't come with like a charlene minifigure or mm, something mm. so there's no like skids appearances from the friggin' cartoon to draw for them so i mean they should have like i'm all they gave him was his weapons like so but I mean, at this point, you know, skids masterpiece skids only came out like a couple years ago. So at this point, like they probably don't have the budget to like give these good like things so many accessories anymore. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, I guess I guess that's why it turns into like those third party things where like Doctor Wu's making those uh, only human figures or whatever. So I mean, you know, maybe if if some of those turn their eye towards a, a comic thing like you know I, I i'm not saying i would necessarily buy this but i bet you somebody out there would buy like a robot master donnie finkelberg or yeah. a, you know what i mean like like something just like to yuck it up and be like oh there's, yeah that's funny look there's a market for anything remember when we talked about bot we joked that no one's going to make a third party uh bot figure but they did and, and, and they did. did yep <laughs> If they made like a five pack of like, you know, maybe G.I. Joe scaled like, you know, Robot Master, Circuit Breaker, like, you know, so and so, whatever, G.B. Blackrock or something. Would you get that? 
the circuit breaker, depending on what it is, I, I would yuck it up about. Like, you, you know what would have been cool is because Marvel still owns circuit breaker. Like, like w- uh, wouldn't it have been cool if, like, in addition to that, that Marvel Universe death's head, like, somehow, like, I don't know whether it was like a, a San Diego exclusive or, you know, something limited where it wasn't like, you know all over the place but like you know that they could get away with doing it but like you know i don't know that they, they make like one circuit breaker figure and then you could you know have it like you know i don't know hump your superior or whatever she's gonna do you know like something <laughs> yeah. like that uh-huh 